We're going to look at four important friends this morning, and our first scripture reading is from Proverbs 27, 9, and it says this, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. I don't know what kind of friends that you have, but we need to choose our friends wisely. Heard about these three pastors that were out in a boat fishing, and as they're out there for a while, one of the pastors said to the other two, he said, you know what? We never get out much and really let our hair down and share what's really deep on our hearts and soul. So I uh, just invite us each to share our greatest weakness with each other. And the other pastors kind of shrugged at it and said, he said, I'll, I'll be first. He said, um, I have to admit that I have uh, trouble gambling. I've got one of those apps on my phone and I gamble at games sometimes. And sometimes I, I gamble too much. And so he turned to another pastor and he thought for a long time, he said, well, because I, I guess, you know, my problem is uh, I sometimes cheat on my taxes and pay my taxes, but I don't pay all that maybe should. And so they looked at the third pastor and um, he just shook his head and said, no, I don't really want to. And they said, you've got to or we're not going to go back to the shore. And so finally, after a while, he said, well, to be honest with you, my greatest sin is gossip and I can't wait to get out of this boat. <laughs> oh, choose your friends wisely. And uh, I can remember per, on a personal note one time, way back when, um, I lived in Erie, way, way back, and uh, my vehicle broke down, and my hometown was in Meadville, it was about 50 miles south of there, and so I wanted to go home for the weekend, and so my brother-in-law volunteered to come and pick me up. So I thought, no problem, so, but then he arrived on a motorcycle, okay, so I said, well... <laughs> How are we getting back? He goes, you're on the back. And I went, oh, man, because he was a legend on a motorcycle. And so it was this big Honda Goldwing. And so we got on there and, uh, and we started down the interstate, which is I-79 out in Pennsylvania. And before you know it, we were going 110 miles an hour. And, and then I looked up ahead as I was holding on, and there were two trucks, two semis passing each other. And I thought to myself, dear Jesus, and I literally started to pray. And he went right between the two, and I prayed. I think that's when I got my call to the ministry the first time. <laughs> and we went through right between those two semis. I thought, oh, my God. And then uh, we started to pass another semi. We were passing it, and there was actually a police officer on the other side of the semi with a radar gun trying to get his desperately to get this, the radar gun on us. Could not get us, right? But my brother-in-law said, if we go 110 then, and then it wasn't very far down the road, where all of a sudden uh, the bike started to, you know, do this, which is not good at 100 miles an hour. And, um, and then he started to slow down, thankfully, and then it got worse and worse. And we were both praying because we realized he had a flat tire. And so uh, we managed to stop it before we hit the guardrail, which was such a relief and uh, such an answer to prayer. But you never know when you have a friend and you have to trust a friend. And so I just invite us to think about friendship this morning and that there's four important friends in each and every one of our lives. And the first one is a seasoned friend, a seasoned friend. It says this in Proverbs 13:20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. The one who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Wow. Someone once said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. 
Now, what is a seasoned friend? Well, a seasoned friend is someone who's been through a lot more of the seasons of life than you have. A lot more of the seasons of life than you have. You know, today, we are so into seeing people that are exactly like us, right? We're in kind of an echo chamber, but there's a lot to be said for finding a friend that's seasoned, it's maybe 10, even 20 years down the road, that's older, that's wiser than you in life. And you need that, right? You need that kind of mentoring. We've been doing a series here on Daniel, and it's a wonderful picture in the book of Daniel as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have been taken away to Babylon. And uh, there, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar has taken the best and brightest away to sort of enculturate them in the values and identity that he has and wants them to go back and rule. And they're not sure what to do. And in the midst of that, they receive a letter from home, from the prophet Jeremiah. And Jeremiah gives him four points that they take to heart. And they actually quote this and say something about the letter in the midway through the book of Daniel. And Jeremiah says, listen, don't revolt. That's what the normal reaction would be. He said, instead, live and settle there. Live and settle. In other words, build relationships because a lot of times you can make more of a difference building relationships than starting a rebellion. But he says, here's the second point. Keep strong values. Keep strong values so you can be salt and light in your world. And then he says, be a blessing to these people uh, that would wish them wrong. And very real sense saying to pray for shalom, the peace and prosperity of Babylon. And in that moment, He's really saying to be salt and light in the world, even as Jesus said that. But finally, he says to trust God. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, a mentoring voice into the wilderness of their life, taken away and captive. Who do you have that is a mentoring voice for you? And if you're older in life, who can you be a mentor to? Who can you be a seasoned person to? There's a great book out called Tuesdays with Maury and uh, by Mitch Album. And he talks about in this stage in his life where he uh, had sort of a breakdown in his career a little bit and he went through a divorce. He heard about his professor from school by the name of Maury who had cancer. And so he went to see him. And as he begins to talk to this professor, who's somewhat up in years, uh, he realized how much wisdom he has and how he'd missed some of this wisdom. He had all the knowledge, but not the wisdom. And uh, and so Maury offers for him to come by a couple times a month, and it'd be on Tuesday. And so it's Tuesdays with Maury. And as he does that, this older professor begins to share wisdom with him about the perspective of life and what it means uh, to be aging and to even be dying in this sense. And so he gathers that wisdom in life. And so you think about so many pictures of wisdom in the world. This past Monday, my daughter got me for early birthday present tickets to the Eagles concert. Oh, yeah. Man, the, the farewell tour, right? And it's so, it was awesome. Oh, man, the Eagles. Love the Eagles. And, um, but the opening act, they were phenomenal. The opening uh, act was, it turned out, was the Steve Miller Band. It was supposed to be Steely Dan, but he got sick, but it was a Steve Miller Band. And so we're like, oh, that's great, Steve Miller Band. I, you know, I said to go through the playlist there in my mind, and Steph and I were up there just enjoying it. And Steve Miller comes out. He's 80 years old. The guy looks like he's maybe 55. I mean, he played for an hour and a half, even like the Eagles comment afterwards said, you know, because they take turns being lead. He sang lead for the whole thing. Never missed a note vocally or a note on the guitar for an hour and a half, and he didn't sweat. 
told all these great stories, and it was just so enchanting. But at one point, he said that back in 1949, he was just a kid. I don't know how old he was quite at that time, but he said his dad told him that he was taking him to a club. It was in New York City. He said, we're going to a club. There's this guy down there. He's really a great guitarist, and I want you to go, and maybe we'll meet him. And so he goes there, and this guy's phenomenal. And the guy's name he found out is Les Paul. So for you guitarists out there, Les Paul, you know, if you got a, like a Les Paul guitar, that's phenomenal. So, so they listened, you know, just enchanted to Les Paul play. And afterward, his dad goes up and introduces him to Les Paul. And uh, Steve Miller didn't play an instrument, but he asked if he could record him. And he said, sure. So he started to go, and then he'd go every Friday night and listen to Les Paul. Then Les Paul became friends with him, and Les Paul taught Steve Miller three chords. Three chords, he said, I want you to learn these three chords, and you start to play songs. And Steve Miller learned those three chords, and the rest is history. He said, man, I started playing those three chords, listened to him, and uh, started to play my own band. And he said, um, Les Paul became such a friend of the family, came over and had their wedding in their house. And Les Paul became the godfather of Steve Miller, literally was the godfather, and in fact had a guitar made for him, and it's named The Godfather. And he played a dedication song on The Godfather guitar. But, you know, you need a seasoned friend in life. You need a person down the road. Now, I know you Purdueettes, you got a seasoned friend here, and uh, Jeff Valier that's bringing you along. And you think about in the Bible, there's so many instances. Elijah had Elisha. You think about Paul mentored Timothy. You think about Ruth, who was mentored by Naomi. Who's your seasoned friend in life? The next friend that you need is a sharpening friend. And here's what it says. It says in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. Let me ask you something. Who is going to take you to your next level of best? What friend that you have is going to take you to your next level of best? There's elsewhere in Proverbs where it says, you know, the wounds of a friend can be trusted, but you cannot always trust the kisses of an enemy. And why is that? Paul talks about one point in Ephesians. He talks about speaking the truth in love. You know, sometimes we get off track in life, and we need a friend that's going to come in and say that we trust, and that friend's going to say, you know, you got some great talents and everything, but you're, you're off track right now. You've got some wrong values, and I want to encourage you. They do it in love, speaking the truth, and it's in love. They're going to encourage us to get back on the right track and to, to get our next level of best. Who is that who's a sharpening friend in your life that you can trust each other as you sharpen each other? David, and Hebrew Scriptures, has the friend Jonathan, and uh, Jonathan is actually the son of King Saul. And as the son of King Saul, he is the heir apparent to the throne. David comes along, who's the new military hero who's been promised by the prophet Samuel to take the throne. And Jonathan's first inclination would have been to hate David, to work against him. But they have this connection, this warrior spirit connection uh, that is so strong that Jonathan begins to work to have David ascend the throne. And at one point, when Saul is plotting against David's life, and David can't really believe that's happening, Jonathan volunteers to go and to find out the truth for him. 
and signals David that it's time to hide for a while uh, out into the wilderness until it is clear. And Jonathan, in that moment, is a sharpening friend. They're both taking each other to the next level of best. But we, do, we need that in life. Who is it maybe professionally, personally, at school, work, wherever you are, in whatever area that you're in, who is your sharpening friend that can take you to the next level of best? It's so, so important in life. I think for a moment of um, Jesse Owens. And Jesse Owens, of course, was a great uh, black athlete. And in 1936, back in the day, uh, Jesse Owens went to the Olympics, which were in Berlin. And the rising threat of Nazism was real. Hitler was there. Uh, and as Jesse Owens was maybe intimidated by that, even though he's one of the most phenomenal athletes to ever live, he was a great long jumper in addition to so many other things. But he fouled on his first try at the long jump, and you only get so many tries for that. So in other words, he went over the starting point. And Lutz Long, who is the German, came over to him, and he had great admiration for Jesse Owens in this day. In some ways, he was supposed to be the epitome of German athleticism. But he came up to Jesse Owens and said, listen, you're such a great athlete. You know, this is just the qualifier right here. Uh, why don't you just put a mark about six inches in front of that foul line and then try to jump from there, and then you won't have to worry about it. And then you can go on and do your best. And so he's there, and, of course, Jesse Owens qualified. And then Jesse Owens went on to set the record in the Olympics, and the first person to congratulate him was competitor Lutz Long and encouraged him throughout the Olympics. After the Olympics, later on, Lutz Long was in the military, was killed in World War II, and Jesse Owens later remarked, they said, you could take all of my Olympic medals and melt them down, and they wouldn't be worth the 24-karat friendship I have with Lutz Long. Amazing. What should have been, what were competitors, perhaps even could have been enemies, were not. They transcended that to become friends that were sharpening friends, and that was worth so much. So you need a seasoned friend, and you need a sharpening friend, and then, of course, you need a supporting friend. And this is what it says in Proverbs. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother or sister is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times, and a brother or sister is born for adversity. Wow. You think for a moment about who is your supporting friend? And I mentioned Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were taken away and who were captives. And so many instances we looked at in their life, they prayed together, they supported each other, they were there for each other. And who in your life is there to support you in all the adversity and all the challenges? We look around our world today and it's complex and often tragic around the world and our own lives are so busy today and we all went through COVID and we realized geez in that isolation we become even more lonely and sometimes anxious or even depressed who is there for you to be a supporting friend and who are you a supporting friend for a brother or sister literally right someone once said sometimes it's not a sermon you need but a shoulder to cry on. Sometimes it's not a sermon you need, but a shoulder to cry on. Now, I am fond of sermons, but you know, we all need a shoulder to lean on. Whose shoulder can you go and lean on today? When your heart is broken, when you're troubled. My heart was so broken this week when um, the tragedy of these two former Purdue students um, 
apparently felt there was nothing left but to give up on life. And I just want you to know there's always somebody who's there for you. I'm here for you. There's other teachers, professors, whatever, that you don't think that life is worth living till the next day. There is someone there. There is a supporting friend. And sometimes we just need to reach out. And sometimes as friends, we need to go the extra mile to make sure that whoever we just left that seemed troubled, maybe they need us to just be there longer with them. You don't need to have the answer. You are the answer. Your friendship, your shoulder to lean on can be the answer for that person. Who is there for you as you think about that in life? There's a great story of Jackie Robinson, number 42. And, of course, Jackie Robinson was the first uh, African-American to be in the Major League Baseball. He was uh, drafted by the, the Dodgers and uh, recruited by the Dodgers. And uh, many times in the early days of Major League Baseball, uh, breaking the race barriers, when he went to another town or even his own town, there was all kinds of, of uh, racial slurs being shouted from uh, the stands, and sometimes things are being thrown down on them. And Jackie Robinson ended up rooming with a southern white man by the name of Pee Wee Reese, who played shortstop. As uh, Pee Wee Reese was out there in the field, and Jackie Robinson was there one day, uh, they were at a, another stadium in a different town, and the yelling at Jackie Robinson got so loud and so deafening, and people were throwing things down the field, and uh, Pee Wee Reese just called timeout. And he went over, and he stood next to Jackie Robinson with his arm around his shoulder, never said a thing. He just stood there until the crowd quieted down as if to say, this man is my friend. And that did more than so many other things to help thaw the kind of racial tensions in Major League Baseball. Of course, we have more work to be done in our world today, but sometimes what we need is a friend who's there to support us through the challenges and adversity and even the injustices of life. Who are you there as a supporting friend? And who is your supporting friend to be there with you. And finally, we all need a, a savior friend sometimes. And this is what it says in John. Sometimes when we think about our own lives and we think that the world is too great for us or that our failures and our shortcomings are too much, Jesus says this, this is my command that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this and to lay down one's life for their friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I do not call you servants any longer because a servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I've made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go fruit that will last. This is my command that you love one another. Well, I think that's a beautiful picture because sometimes when we look at God, of course, we see God as the creator, which God is, the creator of all. But in this moment, Jesus becomes the human face of God, that we might know love in a personal way, that we might in some sense even feel the friendship love of God, that God has a plan and purpose for our lives. It's a wonderful story of Thomas Jefferson. He was uh, horseback riding with some friends, and they had at one point to four... Um, a, a river. They had to cross a river on horseback, and it was flooded at the time. It was quite dangerous, and there was a stranger who was there and uh, watching, and, and one by one, these other people crossed the river on horseback, and finally it was Thomas Jefferson's turn to cross the river, and 
this stranger look up at Thomas Jefferson and ask him if he could go across the river on the back of his horse. And the president said, absolutely. And so he helped him up onto the back of the horse. And together they crossed horseback on this dangerous river. And after they got to the other side of the river, these other three men that were with Thomas Jefferson came over to the stranger and said, what made you ask the president of the United States did you cross the river on the back of his horseback? And the man said, president, I had no idea he was the president. He said, all I know is I looked in everyone else's eyes and their eyes said no, and his eyes said yes. And I think that's a, a mark of greatness, that in our eyes it would be yes. And I would say that in this moment, Jesus is the face of God whose eyes say yes to us. Yes, amid some of our failures and shortcomings, Jesus is there to forgive us, to reach down, and to lift us up in all things. And we think in that beautiful song, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to fare. What a friend to carry everything to God in prayer. Wherever you are in midst the storms of life, facing challenge and adversity, know that, that God is there for you. And God wants us to have a life that is full of the riches of friendship. And so I challenge all of us in this day when we're thinking about the celebration of music and enjoying God's presence, but also the challenges and adversity that are real in our world today, that our lives can all be richer and better if we have good friends, and we in turn are a good friend. So who is your seasoned friend that's going to help you and mentor you in life in ways that you didn't realize that your life could be rich? And who are you being a seasoned friend to, a mentor, someone 10 or 20 years younger to you? Who's your sharpening friend that's going to take you to your next level best of whatever that is at, at work or at school or in your area of music or whatever your area is? Who's your supporting friend who's like a sister or brother? It's a great definition of friendship, and, and one of them is uh, a friend is the person who walks in when everyone else walks out. That's what it is to be a supporting friend. Then who's your, your savior friend? I would just say this, that I said at the opening, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But here's something else. Change your friend and you could change your future. If you need to shift some of your friendship, either in being a friend or finding friends, then be willing to accept the challenge of changing friends, right? So you can change your future. And know this, that friends are made to be part of the richness and fabric and tapestry of life on a human level and certainly on a divine level. And so with that, I challenge us all to be great friends. Amen? Amen. We join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. It is a light for our way and a lamp for our pathway. We pray that you'd help us to be good friends and to find the right friends in life, that friendship and life would be richer and better in all that we do. We pray this all in Christ's name. And all God's people said, amen.